same time. He always has and he always will be. He created everything that we know to be in existence in a matter of six days, which is no big deal for him. You know, so he, he existed before there was anything that existed. So how me as a person, how can I bring God glory? Because ultimately the end of man and the purpose of man and the purpose of our existence here is to bring God's, God glory. That's, that's the reason we exist is for the glory of God. So how then can I do that? Um, and I think that throughout this series we'll be looking at different ways that we can bring God glory. Um, I think that one of the number one things that we can do to bring God glory uh, according to Scripture is to trust Him. To acknowledge Him in all our ways, so to speak. As it says in the Bible, uh, to acknowledge him and to recognize that, that his ways are the best ways. Now, people oftentimes get kind of upset about that. As we look at society, as we look at social media, we can see how people get upset about us acknowledging that what God says is true. Because we consider that to be unloving if we say that it's true. Well, you're not loving me. You're, you're telling me that what I'm doing is wrong. That's unloving to me. I would beg to differ. Uh, you see, Cassie's not here tonight. She's at a, a conference thing for the SGA, and so I can talk about her tonight. Uh, when she was learning to drive, um, it was an adventure, right? So she was learning to drive, and uh, as most young people, as they learn to drive, they make some mistakes. Well, um, her mom... Uh, there, there's a little bit of a difference between her mom handling how she had those mistakes and how I handled them. So her mom would be kind of like right there going, Cassidy, 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 Cassidy. You know, that was how she addressed Cassidy's mistakes. Whereas me, on the other hand, I was trying to more gently correct her, you know, so I would just sit there and be quiet. And if she did something wrong, I would, mm, you know, like, mm, yeah, just missed that car. Mm. Yeah, don't need to turn left in front of that car is really coming fast. Mm. But there were times when, and, and that way she could trust me a little more to, to give her guidance. Okay, Cassie, you remember when we were turning left in front of the 18-wheeler, and the 18-wheeler, I could see the whites of the of, the, of his eyes as, as we were turning, and I was on blood side. You, know? you remember that moment? You know, I was really calm, uh, but that's only because I knew Jesus. I was really calm, and we can't do that, right? So just remember... The dad wants to live, and let's not turn left in front of the 18-wheeler kind of thing, because that's bad, because dad could be flat. So dad flat is bad. And, and so that's the way I kind of tried to approach it, more gently, you know, and not, not the you know, more aggressive way. Um, but there were times when it was necessary for me to get upset, okay? Let's just put it that way, you know, that, 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 that we did some things that were maybe incorrect, and I had to point it out to her very quickly and very loudly. You know, this is not that I was yelling at her. It was just I was raising my voice to emphasize, like with exclamation points, how important it was for her to listen to what I was saying. One time in particular, uh, we were at a wedding, and she, um, you know that my daughter drives a big Hummer, right? Like a big, fat American gas guzzler, right? So that's what she drives, right? So it's lifted up, big tires, you know, all that kind of junk. So... Um, we're, this is one of the very first times she's driven it, and she drove it to a wedding. And um, I, I was sitting in the back seat, believe it or not, and, and she was in the driver's seat because we were just like going to pull it around because we were parked in the grass. We we're just going to pull it around so we could we could pull out of there and stuff. We're parked in a different space and all that kind of stuff. So I said, "Okay, just just drive it." 
And she was like, well, Dad, there's a, there's a ditch right in front of us. Now, it wasn't a huge ditch. It was probably about a foot and a half deep, maybe two feet deep. And it was smoothed out. It wasn't like, boom, you know, it wasn't a cliff. It was just kind of like that. I said, baby, you got a Hummer. It, you're good. Don't, don't worry about the ditch. That was the wrong thing to say to a 15-year-old <laughs> driving a Hummer. Um, have you ever seen the Dukes of Hazard? And when... <laughs> And they would just run up to a pile of dirt, and they would fly, like, hundreds of yards, you know. I felt like, y'all, have you ever seen, like, when, when Bigfoot goes over a car, and he rocks back and forth, and it's like, whoa! You know, he's like, doing, I really thought that we were fixing to do that wheelie thing all the way down to the, in front of the church. I really thought, I was like, man, that's what's about to happen, because she hit that thing. I don't know how she went from zero to 65 and four and a half feet, but she did. Like, it was amazing. And she, I mean, she hit it to the floor, and we went, boom, you know, and we went bouncing up. I said, hey, Cass, baby, we, we can't do that, you know. Actually, before I said that, I said, Cassidy, you know, we, we're airborne. That's bad. You know, dad flat is bad. Us airborne is bad. We can't do that, okay, you know, like. Um, and she was like, what? You told me we'd be fine. There was a ditch. I'm in a Hummer. It's going to be fine, right? No, no, no. That doesn't automatically mean we can do 105 through the ditch. It just means that, that you'll be okay if you ease through the ditch. You know, I was thinking five. You were thinking 105. It's just a, a difference in opinion about how quickly we should go through the ditch. So there were times when I got upset, and there were times when I needed to tell her truth, and I needed to, to be very blunt and upfront with it, with, you know, to say, look, I love you. I care about you. I don't want you to do this when I'm not in the car with you. Therefore, I'm going to help you right now to understand how important it is for you not to do that. Um, I, I think one of the things that we get all mixed up in life and as we, you know, we're supposed to be the salt of the earth. We're supposed to be the light of the earth, right? We're supposed to, the light that is in us is supposed to shine through us. And therefore, you know, we're not supposed to be hidden. We're supposed to be set out on a lampstand, the light of the whole house or put up on a hill so we can light up everything. So, so God expects us as people of God to be something that reflects him. That's how we give him glory. That's one of the ways we give him glory. There are some people that say, well, in order to do that, you must love everybody. And I would say that's absolutely true. I would say absolutely true, must love everybody. There are some that will say, though, in loving people, you should never tell them they're wrong. Now, I beg to differ with that. Because I think that I love Cassidy very much. And I needed to tell her that going through the ditch at 105 miles an hour was wrong. It was not a good idea. It was going to lead to her destruction if she would do that. If she would continue down that path of doing that sort of thing, it was going to lead to her destruction. And I love her very much, therefore I do not want her to go down that path. I want her to understand what truth is. And that the truth is that, that, you know what? You need to recognize that you need to do things differently so that you don't end up in a place of destruction. And that's something that I think we miss in society because we, because especially people that are non-Christians, I say, well... As a Christian, you're supposed to love everybody. You're not supposed to be judgmental. Only God can judge me, right? So that's, that's what everybody likes to say. The reality is, as Christians, we're supposed to look at somebody. We're supposed to see if they're on a path of destruction and do everything that we can to put them on a path of righteousness. To do everything we can to point out, you know what? I know that what you're thinking you're doing is okay, but it's not. And it's going to lead in destruction. It, it's not that, that I'm hurting you or trying to hurt you in that way. I'm just telling you the truth because I do love you and I do care. 
And, and I want to look first. I had a, you know, I understand when people really kind of take the context of God is love, they kind of take it out of context a little bit. I understand why they do that. Because they don't really have a good definition of love. They don't have a solid definition of love. I, I want to read to you, um, I'm going to wear my glasses, by the way. I talked about it, so I needed to do it. Thank you, Rachel, for reminding me. In Romans chapter 1, verse 18, it says, But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. It's not up on the screen. That's me talking to you. Listen, I'll read it again. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. He goes on to say, in verse 23, it says, And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living ever God, they worship idols made to merely look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desires. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth of God for a lie. So I think we can see here that the truth is very important to God. That he doesn't want us to trade the truth for a lie. That as people of God, we're supposed to embrace truth. We're not supposed to reject truth, and God's word is truth. That doesn't mean that part of God's word is truth. It means all of God's word is truth. And we really believe that Jesus is who he said he was. We really embrace that, and we really embrace the salvation that's offered to us through this word. That we have to accept all of this word as truth. Not just bits and pieces. And we can't take God's word out of context and say, because God is love, then we should love everybody. And loving everybody means that everything that they do is acceptable. That's not the truth. Peter, 1 Peter. Just read a little bit of a, a 1 Peter to you, out of the beginning of verse 13. So, so prepare your minds for action, exercise self-control. But all your hope and gracious. In the, in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do just as God chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favors. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of Him during your time here as temporary residents. So it sounds like to me that God's desire is for us to be holy. God's desire is for us to embrace truth. I think that Some of this has come from our desire to bring more people into the church. That we think that if we get them in the doors by saying something that you know doesn't point out the fact that they're wrong, if we'll get them inside the doors, then somehow that they'll just embrace truth then. Well, the reality is, how can they embrace truth if we never speak the whole truth, if we only give a partial truth? So my desire is to just speak the whole truth all the time, cover to cover, and say, God said this, 
I didn't make the rules. God made the rules, and his way's better. And I acknowledge him every single day, and I acknowledge him in all my ways, and I have faith in him, and by my faith in him, I bring him glory. I cannot have faith in him and bring him glory by embracing something that's not true. So we, as Christians, as Christ followers, must embrace truth. We must be ambassadors of truth. If we are ambassadors of the truth of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the fact that he came and sacrificed himself for all of our sins, if we embrace that truth and we share that truth, then we also have to embrace the truth that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Right? So we have to talk about that sin and we have to talk about the fact that the sin is leading to destruction because we love them. I think that's something that a lot of people who call themselves Christians don't really want to do. You know why they don't want to do it? Because it's hard. It's sometimes hard to be confrontational. But you know Jesus was. He was loving, absolutely. But he also, when he went into the temple and, and saw what was going on there and all the buying and selling and, and cheating people out of money and all that kind of stuff, he got made a whip and drove them all out and says, you turned my father's house to a den of thieves. Wouldn't a loving Jesus just said, it's okay, I'm glad that you're here. That's what, that's what a lot of times the American Christianity would say. It's okay, I'm just glad that you're here. Welcome to my father's house. Instead, Jesus had reverence for his father's house and said, you know what? It's not okay what you're doing. I'm not going to be here. I'm going to have righteous anger against you who have turned this into a den of thieves. And he would look at the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees looked them in the eye and said, what you are saying is not true, therefore you are a brood of vipers. What you spew is venom coming out of your mouth because you're leading people astray. You're leading people astray. You have convinced everybody that if they clean up what's on the outside and they don't worry about their heart and they don't have anything to do with, with repentance in their heart, then, then they're good. It's just all about how they fast and how they pray out loud and how they dress. And he says, you... Are a brood of vipers because you do not speak truth. Some people would say, man, it's not very loving. It's not very loving. These are people trying to do the best they can, but they're falling short. Yeah, the problem is they were leading people astray because they were not embracing truth. So, I just want to read to you from Proverbs chapter 3. Joey got on to me because it's 35 verses long, but I promise I'm just going to read it for the most part and speak about it a little bit, okay? Proverbs chapter 3. I don't typically preach on Proverbs a lot, but there's really good stuff in here. There are like little snippets of information that are good that, that point you toward walking with Christ, and, and we need to embrace these things. Uh, even though I personally tend to overlook these in, in my preaching and teaching, uh, there are many times when we really need to go back and read Proverbs and really embrace what it says because it's really good stuff in here. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. I think that's pretty substantial right there, right? So he says, don't forget them. If you, if you store them in your heart, then you won't forget them. I, I read an article the other day about uh, Chinese prisoners memorizing the Bible. And they were memorizing the Bible because they couldn't have their Bibles taken away from them. They committed it to memory. So they can't take away what's in my heart. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfied. 
need to say something right here. I know that I've only got two verses in, but I need to say something. About the living many years, people see that and they say, oh, good, I won't be old. I, I, I'm going to live to be 105 years old or I'm going to live to be 600 years old or whatever if I do these things. I want you to know that when, when God talks about living many years, it's really talking about quality and not quantity. Because I know a lot of people that have lived 80 years and, and really their lives look like they lived about 20. You know? And then I know some 20-year-olds and, and even my 8-year-old daughter who passed away who lived what seemed to be decades and decades. So I really think that it's a lot about quantity or quality and not so much about quantity. So when you see that, I want you to think about that um, because I think that you know people in your own life that they lived many years in a very short period of time. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. So it seems to be that God is interested in our reputation. What people see in us, how people see us, it seems to be important to God. And I think that the reason many people live many uh, quality years is because they're glorifying God through that. And God uses them in that capacity. They have a good reputation and somebody who acknowledges God in, their own, in all their ways. And therefore, they have these, this, this quality of life that is not only many years, but it's also very satisfying. It says in verse 5, you've heard this many times. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which, which path to take. So here we just see trusting in God. It says, first of all, don't lean on your own understanding because we're all idiots. Uh, what do you call them, morons? Morons is the word we used, yeah. And he wasn't talking about you. He was talking about me and him. So uh, he said last week that he's, he knows he's a moron. I knew that too, but I also know I'm. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. It sounds like if we really acknowledge him and lean on his understanding and, and seek his will, that we'll, we'll take a certain path. So apparently the path we take is important too. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. And if he will fill your barns with grain and your... Your vats will overflow with good wine. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves and just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths, and all her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. By wisdom, the Lord founded the earth. By understanding, he created the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths, the, the deep fountains of the earth burst forth, and the, forth, and the new, new settles beneath the night sky. My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them, for they will refresh your soul. 
They are like jewels on a necklace. They keep you safe on your way, and your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or destruction that comes upon the wicked. For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. You do not withhold good from those who deserve it. When it's in your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. Don't plow, uh, plot harm against your neighbor. For those who live nearby trust you. Don't pick a fight without reason when no one has done you harm. Don't envy violent people or copy their ways. Such wicked people are detestable to the Lord. And he offers his friendship to the godly. The Lord curses the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the upright. The Lord mocks the mockers, but is gracious to the humble. The wise inherit honor, but the fools are put to shame. So what is God saying here? God has given us Proverbs, and these are bits and pieces of a little information about how we're to live godly, how we can live our lives in such a way that points to, points to God, so that we are indeed the light of the world. We are indeed the salt of the earth. I think all of these things we can say are truths that we should embrace as Christians. They're all things that, that point towards God. And, and by embracing truth, by embracing wisdom, as it's often called in this particular passage, as we embrace the wisdom that comes from God, therefore we are embracing it in our hearts. And because it is in our hearts, it is the overflow of our lives. And because it is the overflow of our, our lives, it gives God glory. Because ultimately, the end of man is to give God glory, right? think that we like to embrace the truth of the fact that the gospel is true. The good news of the gospel is true. I think that that's an easy truth to embrace compared to the hard truths that we have to deal with every day. The things that society says is good, but God's word says is bad. It's not right. It's not in alignment with God. I think that's where it becomes hard. Everybody wants to say, yeah, it's good. You believe in Jesus, you go to heaven, that's a great place to live. Everybody wants to live there. But when you say, you know what? If you're really somebody who embraces the truth of the gospel, then you embrace the whole truth of God's word. And that is, some of the things we're doing are not okay. Some of the things you're not doing are okay. And it's called sin. And when it's called sin, it means it's a rebellion against God. And there's only one, one way to deal with rebellion against God. And that's by putting your faith in Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made on the cross. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made on the cross, you're putting your faith in what God has said. And what God has said is that, that he has paid the penalty and all your sins are washed away. And the, and, and the true believer does something that is very key. Very key. It's what Jesus preached when he was here on this earth, and it is called repentance. Repentance is something that is so often left out of the gospel. Repentance is where we turn from ourselves and turn towards God. That he is the only way. That we are really the Israelites hidden in the bushes while God does the work. And we say, you know what, God? You are the one true God. Where else can we, can we go but you? You have the words of eternal life. We talked about that just the other day. That when we turn, we turn from ourselves and we turn towards him. You say, you know what, God, I acknowledge you in all your ways, and in all my ways, and I acknowledge that what you say is true. 
And if the, if the gospel is true, then repentance is true. Because repentance is just me turning away from myself and turning towards you. Turning towards your truth. See, where are we going to turn? If, if we say this, okay, let, let me see if I can articulate what I'm trying to put in my mind. What's in my mind, trying to put it into words. So, so if we're headed this way and we say, I want salvation, which is opposite of the way that I am, right? The gospel is 180 degrees from where I am. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? So I'm over here, right? And I want to embrace salvation. The only way for me to embrace something that's 180 degrees from me is to absolutely turn around and say, this is truth, and what I had before was not truth. I can't just embrace salvation and then just turn back over this way. You see what I'm saying? That there has to be a complete turn. When it's real salvation, there's a complete turn. And, and yeah, we get off the path sometimes and we get over here, but, but it's ultimately going right back over here because this is truth. We can't just stay over here and stay going the opposite direction. That's what repentance is. When you turn towards salvation, you turn towards truth. And yeah, you may get off the path, but even when you get off the path, you say, God, your ways are the right way. I acknowledge that through your son, Jesus Christ. And I acknowledge that through my life. Jesus puts it this way. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. That's what Jesus says. If you want to glorify God, you must acknowledge Him in all, his, in all your ways. Turn to Him and leave not on your own understanding, but to His understanding. Look at all the things that God has says, said and embrace them as truth. Even if, even if it's hard and even if it's difficult to stand up for the truth. Father, thank you so much for this precious word. I thank you so much for truth. I think that there are a lot of people that proclaim to be Christians, Lord, but they don't want to embrace truth. Because it's contrary maybe to what their friend says, or contrary to what their family member says. Therefore, it's difficult for us to stand in that truth boldly. And God, as Christians, I pray that we would not be tossed about to or fro by any whim of doctrine, any whim of teaching. God, I pray that we would stand boldly and stand strong in the truth of your word. And no matter what the people around us say, no matter how uh, they may turn away from you, God, I pray that we would not. I pray that we would do it lovingly and with the heart of Christ, full of grace. And I absolutely pray that we would do it that way. But God, I pray that we wouldn't shy away from you. I pray that we would not turn our backs on truth. God, just to befriend people or maybe even to get them into the church. Pray that we would embrace truth lovingly. God, and that we would let people know that there is an answer. And there is an answer to what ails them. The fact that they desire something that's not the truth, God, there's an answer, and that answer is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So Lord, I pray as Christians, we would glorify you and by trusting in your truth. Trusting in your whole truth. God, thank you so much. Precious word. Thank you so much for truth. In Jesus' name.